Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. No games on the schedule? That doesn't stop us from talking football. It's time for the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Show. Presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here are your hosts. Past WFCA president and associate head coach at Arrowhead, Tom Swiddle, and the fans' high school insider, Big time, Mike McGivern. And a good morning to you as we welcome you in to the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Pick and Save as well as Pella Doors and Windows. Don Wachill is sitting in this morning for the aforementioned big time Mike McGivern who has stepped to the parking lot getting ready to start his 4th of July Weekend joined as always by the Hall of Fame coach Tom Swiddle. Coach, how are you this morning? I'm great, Don. How are you? Doing fantastic. Glad to be in here this morning, uh, helping you guys out. Love the show. Great to be a part of it this morning. Let's run down the guests that we have here today lined up for what will be a jam packed two hours at 10 a.m., which is obviously now past. So, in a couple of minutes, Brian Hoffman, Director of Guidance from Wauwatosa West High School will be joining us, and he'll be talking about the NCAA clearinghouse process. So if you have a son or daughter who is getting ready to make that next step into the college ranks, you're going to want to stick around because sometimes maneuvering all of the the paperwork and, and the various things that you have to tackle to get into the world of college athletics can be a little bit daunting. And Brian will help explain some of that and give you some, uh, some guidance as to where to go once you reach that point. Coming up at about 10.30, Ron Ertz, head football coach at Ripon College, will be joining us at 11 o'clock. Jerry Golombieski the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association fundraising chairman. Jerry's going to be talking about the upcoming All-Star Game and how it benefits Children's Hospital and the relationship there. And then at 1130, Craig Orlin from Pro3 Solutions. 
will be joining us. Uh, Pro3 Solutions really invested into um, making sure we've got safe equipment, especially coming out of what we've just come out of with the pandemic, ever so important now to make sure everything is up and raring to go. So that's what we've got in store for the show today. And with that, let's not waste any time. Let's jump right to the Midwest Bank hotline and bring in Brian Hoffman. He's the director of guidance for Wauwatosa West High School. Brian, how you doing this morning? Doing great, uh, gentlemen. I am honored to be your leadoff hitter for your WFCA program this morning. And and the leadoff spot ever so important, especially in the midst of this Brewer 10-game winning streak. We know how important the leadoff hitter can be. So, Brian, let's start with this. Let's just give an overview of what it is the NCAA clearinghouse process is about. Yeah, so I so so I it, it can get very very involved very quickly when you start talking about the the minutia of it. But the, essentially, the NCAA clearinghouse is uh, declares something called initial eligibility for for student athletes, and all that means is that you know it gives that student athlete uh, permission to practice, uh, attend meetings, and you know to uh, enter the field of play. And, you know, the important thing to remember is that it's called initial eligibility. So that uh, the kids, the student athletes still need to abide by the school's eligibility rules. So uh, that just kind of gets them through the door, that that eligibility coming out of high school. Um, Well, and you know, Don, that uh, through the years we've talked about uh, college recruiting and eligibility and and those kinds of things. And, um, you know, we've talked to high school coaches, college coaches, parents, and it, it is a huge process. And we're just so lucky to have Brian on this morning to kind of make sense of it all. And, and just so we're all on the same page here, it's really not called the NCAA Clearinghouse anymore, correct? It's called the NCAA Eligibility Center. That is correct. And, but really, the, the things that, that go into that haven't changed uh, much in, in recent years. So, um, let's start by maybe just looking at the, the um, basic parts of this eligibility um, process. And, and it really comes down to the courses you take, your GPA, and then how they're combined in order to see if you're eligible or not. So perhaps, Brian, we can start by talking about uh, the, the core course requirements because there are specific things that athletes at the Division One and Division Two level have to accomplish while in high school. Right. So I, I guess I would be I would be I'll start with the basics. So uh, you know the, it's it's typically a combination of standardized test scores and your GPA and and core academic classes. So, but I think it's important to note because of uh, COVID and the pandemic. Uh, NCAA has, uh, has, at least for the short term, waived the testing requirement. So any current high school senior who is seeking eligibility will not need to submit an SAT or an ACT score as part of their eligibility. So it's completely based upon their cumulative grade point average uh, through those four years of high school, and they have to get uh, what's called the 16 core in 
and sometimes, uh, you know, they, they, you'll hear people talk about four by four, you know, the four by four for that 16 cores kind of might be an easier way to remember that. And that's uh, really that they'll need the four units of math, four units of science, four units of English and four units of social studies. And I think uh, to kind of dive in maybe a little bit deeper uh, for coaches and, and, you know, the people that really are kind of more in the know is that you need to lock in 10 of those core by the end of your junior year. So, uh, and, and a portion of those must come from, uh, from English, math, and science. So it, it's really kind of important. I mean, the best you know, advice I can give to any student coming out of middle school even, starting that freshman year of high school, that is uh, you know, a pretty high-caliber athlete, is to start this process early, head to the NCAA eligibility website, and there's a publication that I really recommend to families uh, and students, and for that matter, to coaches or anybody involved in this process. And, and it's a publication you can download for free off the website. It's called The Guide for the College-Bound Student-Athlete. And that really will give you just about everything you need to know and then some about the whole eligibility process. And there's some good worksheets in there that you can use to kind of calculate where you're at, uh, you know, from freshman year to sophomore year to junior year to kind of track your, your course requirements. And the other piece of advice I really would give to all those uh, student-athletes out there is really, uh, once again, starting early to make sure that you check the list of the courses that your high school offers that are a part of that, those meet the core eligibility requirements, because it's not all classes. So even if it's an English class at your high school or a math class or a science class or a social studies class, it might not necessarily count towards that core. So it's important to kind of get a, get in front of that and, and check your own high school's list of courses that are eligible. So Brian, in, in terms of, you know, the core courses, and I think you just said something that's really, really important. You can't assume that every English course, for instance, is going to count towards the core courses for the NCAA. And I'm sure that um, you yearly update your, your core courses for the NCAA so they know exactly what, in, in your instance, Wauwatosa West is offering and what they will accept. Yeah, I mean, I think in particular, you know, right now with, once again, with the pandemic going on, that we have lots of kids who've taken advantage of maybe some virtual coursework or some online coursework, or maybe they took some classes through a summer school at a different school or a correspondence class through a different school. Uh, all of that really needs to be rectified through that NCAA eligibility process and make sure that those courses actually count. And I think sometimes, you know, your, your coach, your athletic director, uh, your, uh, your high school counselor, unless they're really kind of paying attention to this process and really kind of know the ins and the outs, won't necessarily know the, the answers to those questions. So sometimes it, it, it falls back on the lap of uh, the parent and the student themselves to really make sure they're, they're doing their due, due diligence to check out what courses really will count towards that, uh, that core. We're talking with Brian Hoffman, the director of guidance at Wauwatosa West High School, as we're learning more and more about navigating the NCAA Eligibility Center. Um, Brian, I want to go back to a comment you just made uh, a few minutes ago, and it has to do with the grading. And 
in and around southeastern Wisconsin, within the various school districts, there is a bit of a difference as far as how grading goes. So when a student or a parent is getting ready to enter that information into the portal, does the NCAA have a way of kind of evening the playing field, so to speak? Because, for instance, I know, let's say, within MPS, the grading system is different than what you have over there in Wauwatosa. So does the NCAA handle those variables? Yeah, great great question, Don. So in, in essence, the the way the on-weight grades, so it's a four-point scale. So uh, any, any system that a high school might use where they're not using – a four-point scale. So in other words, you know, in the four-point scale, an A is a four, a B is a three, a C is a two, a D is a, is one, that the, the NCAA will uh, will on-weight the grades. So if a high school, you know, awards a five, let's say for an A, they'll on-weight that and, and put everybody on that same same scale uh, in essence uh, to, to make sure that the playing field is as is, uh, is level as possible. And, and Brian, going back to core courses, you know, I've heard some horror stories through the years. Thankfully, it never happened to me. But where athletes have thought something they've taken would count, it doesn't count, and it really gets dicey after that. And 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 the NCAA is not, I'll say, a forgiving organization when it comes to some of the rules and regulations. But have you ever heard of, of that? Have you ever worked with that maybe personally? And, and, and what would happen if you submit all your information and it comes back that you don't have enough English, for instance, to meet the NCAA requirements? Um, are, are there any kinds of, of things you can do at that point in order to um, you know, get it reversed? Yeah, I mean that—that's where it kind of gets a, a little, a little tricky. And you know, there's cer- there's certain the process where you can go through the NCAA and appeal their decisions. And I think, I think unfortunately, um, we're going to see see a bit more of this happen because I, once again, because of the pandemic, where kids are going to have uh, some anomalies on their transcript. And you know, the NCAA has even be you know issued some rules about being more forgiving about uh, pass fail grades and transcripts. Uh, but, and, and, you know, there are some ways to kind of remediate that situation, um, you know, by by doing summer school, um, by, uh, you know, and certainly we, we see a lot of student athletes who, who get into a situation where they don't meet that core, don't meet the initial eligibility, and, you know, they might need to then uh, start at a junior college or go that kind of route to kind of um, – rectify some of the situations so they you know once again it's that initial eligibility that that is uh that we're talking about here so it's not it's it's not it's not a dead end uh if you don't meet that initial eligibility there are some ways there are some ways to still get there uh there's a bunch of ways actually to still get there so it's but i think you know tom is is you kind of luckily i've i've too have been able to avoid those situations but i haven't been involved in situations with some of our students who who try to argue cases for certain uh, anomalies in their transcripts or, or uh, test score anomalies. And, uh, you know, once again, try to work closely with somebody within your athletic department or uh, in the counseling office to make sure that doesn't happen as you kind of go through high school. I, I guess I would also say that the good news is if you're, if you're a good student, college-bound student, you're getting good, decent grades, 
and you're taking the typical course, college-bound coursework in high school, rarely are you going to have an issue with meeting eligibility requirements. Brian, we've been talking about the pitfalls that a student athlete could go through as far as their grades go, but there are some other pitfalls regarding amateurism and eligibility. What are some of the common pitfalls an athlete might stumble upon other than necessarily the grades and the transcripts? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you – you know, I think something that Tom frequently talks about is, you know, just because you meet that initial eligibility, you know, you have those grades and you have the, the you know, the, the requisite standardized test scores, you still need to meet the, the requirements of, of the university to participate in sports. So, uh, you know, they all have their own, their own rules for athletes participating. So that includes, you know, disciplinary issues, maintaining, a certain decorum, uh, you know, bank school roles. So all those, all those things obviously play, uh, come into place for you to be able to participate in athletics at the, at the college level. So, um, you know, once again, to me, the, you know, the best advice I can give to any college bound student athlete is, you know, do what you're supposed to do, you know, be a, be a good school citizen, uh, do well in your classes, earn decent grades, get involved in not only athletics, but, uh, you know, service to the community and other co-curricular activities. And typically, you know, you're going to be okay. Don, are we um, getting into a break here? Uh, Go ahead. Go one more, Tom, and then, yeah, we'll wrap things up with this particular segment. Okay. Um, You know, Brian, one of the things that – you know, unbeknownst to you as a counselor, let's say, you may not know that there's a, a student you're working with that intends to play Division One or Division Two athletics. So, and you've said it already, and I think it's important to emphasize that, you know, as a, as a student athlete, as a family of a student athlete, it, it's sort of on you to make sure that you are doing what you need to do. Now, certainly there are people in your high school that are there to help you, but I, I can tell you I know a lot of coaches that don't know the ins and outs of this process, and certainly athletic, a lot of athletic directors do not. Um, even your, your typical guidance counselor may have never worked with somebody who is a scholarship-level type athlete that needs this kind of help. So I think, again, Brian, it's, it's worth noting, and you've already said it, that it, it is on you as that athlete, on you as that family, to make sure to know what you need to know in order to be eligible. So that, I think, is an important message today. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, really, I mean, I'm kind of a, a wonky nerd about this kind of stuff, so I kind of keep up on it, and 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 I'm kind of this the NCAA eligibility guy from our school. But I would even say the typical person and, and the typical high school, the counselor responsible for updating that list with NCAA isn't always uh, completely on top of it. And and even I, when I'm working with kids and I'm and advising them. Uh, I, I never make an assumption that they're a student athlete or they're planning on going on and playing at you know at the Division One or Division Two level and earning trying to earn scholarship money. Uh, so my my advising tends to be kind of um, uh, athlete neutral in a way. And then uh, you know once again I advise them to take strong college bound courses and uh, do the best they so all that solid advice. But really, 
Yeah, as complex and confusing as it is, it's definitely you know on the, on the parents and the athlete themselves. And if if that support isn't there for that student athlete, you know, I think that's where the trusted adult in the building and somebody somebody to find to find this information out for them and to, to reach out and really help that that student. Uh, to help them guide them through this process is really important. So hopefully in most high schools, I think you're going to find at least one person who has a pretty, pretty good grasp on it or, or can figure it out for a student. Brian, I want to sneak one more quick question here before we get to a break. Got about 30 seconds. Looking at the NCAA eligibility portal, one of the statements that they make is that it's more important with your coursework than maybe your ACT or, or your SAT uh, scores and with the pandemic, we've seen, as you mentioned earlier, the testing being put on the shelf. And testing has always been one that has gone through a lot of discussion, a lot of debate. So real quick, in your mind, looking forward, using that crystal ball, do you think the testing aspect is something that will be shelved permanently or is it something that will be brought back but maybe weighted even differently once we get out and back into normal boy you know another you know it's another good question so i think you know we're we're seeing for sure that there's a number of universities and and one of the systems even the university of california university system has permanently shelved uh, the admission requirement requirements for an sat or an act score so uh, i think I think the trend has been there for a while to uh, to kind of eliminate the testing piece for the admission process, or to weight it differently, or to make it. A lot of schools have gone what's called test optional. So, and I entirely suspect that we might see something like that happen with NCAA as well. I mean, there's questions of equity and and how fair the whole testing process is. I know the governing board, NCAA governing board, is going to be meeting uh, again soon to, to talk about that very issue about going forward with whether or not test scores will continue to be part of the eligibility process. So I would not be surprised at all if we see uh, see a pretty uh, pretty big change in, in how the NCAA handles the whole uh, testing piece. Brian, appreciate your time. Have a great 4th of July. Be safe. And John, good- we got him on the next segment, too. We've got them on the next segment. Well, yeah. we're going to carry this over. See, the yeah. host the host we, needs it, to read the notes is really what it boils down to, Yeah, Tom. we have Brian on for half an hour. All <laughs> guests are on for half an hour. The today. host sorry, needs then. to read the notes. All right, uh, let's are get to talk about the possibility of George Webb hamburgers. Yes, we'll, we'll do that. How about we do that on the other side of the break? Brian will join us on the other side of the break. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Show presented by Pella doors in windows right here on 1250 AM. The fan. Once again, welcome back in on this 4th of July weekend to the pick and save Wisconsin football coaches association show presented by Pella doors and windows. I'm Don Wachilla sitting in for big time. Mike McGivern on this Saturday, Tom Swiddle also joining us and, once again, back on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, Brian Hoffman, the Director of Guidance at Wauwatosa West High School, as we've been going through as we negotiate the NCAA Eligibility Center. And, Brian, when a student accesses it, do they then have multiple opportunities to update and keep 
the information uh, as present as possible to make sure they don't experience some of the pitfalls we were talking about in that last segment. Yeah, so so one of the kind of the nice new changes with the eligibility website is that you know when you first kind of go to that that uh, the website. Uh, you're going to be asked to create accounts, and there's a new. It used to be that you had to you had to uh, create a certification account, and that actually costs money. And then there's a new account now called a. It's just a profile account, and that is completely free. And and actually, if you're going Division Two or, or uh, you know or not or not sure, you can you can keep that profile account at some at some point. If you're if you're switching over to D D one, you're going to have to create that certification account, but a profile account gives you that opportunity to kind of track all your information from starting from freshman year on with that profile account. You can, you can keep track of your courses and, uh, you know, you can access your high school's list of classes that meet eligibility requirements. So that's kind of a nice change too. That's happened on that uh, eligibility website. Brian, there's just a couple more things that I'd like to cover with you this morning. Um, one of them is, uh, sort of a warning to to parents and to student athletes. If you just Google NCAA Clearinghouse, for instance, you may not go directly to the NCAA um, website. You may get some um, organization that will help you do this for money, correct? Yeah, it, 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 actually this morning I was kind of uh, doing exactly that, and I was actually trying to put in the, the website uh, that that uh, the NCAA gives you to go straight there, and somehow I still ended up on uh, the wrong website. <laughs> so even yeah. uh, somebody like me who has some expertise, you have to be really careful to make sure you're on that NCAA website. And um, you know, it, hopefully, hopefully it's pretty clear when you when you are on the right the right site. But yeah, there's lots of organizations similar. out there that are trying to make a buck off of student athletes, and yeah. uh, you know, I think there's some better than others. But uh, be careful. And, and to be clear, this doesn't cost you anything. You don't have to pay anybody to navigate this NCAA eligibility center. You're, you're completely capable of doing it on your own. There's no need to pay somebody to do that for you. So please be careful about that out there. Now, Brian, we've talked about uh, how GPA factors into this, and I think it's important to note that, you know, the, the, the way the NCA looks at your GPA isn't necessarily the GPA that's on your transcript. Do you want to, do you want to cover that quickly? Sure. Yeah. So once again, you know, the, the GPA is based, is based on those core courses. So it's not your, your grade point average could be lower than, and you still might qualify. So, so right, right now to qualify for, Initial eligibility with uh, for a Division One athlete, it's a, it's a 2.3 cumulative grade point average. So, uh, you know that's a C plus average. Uh, so, uh, your transcript might say you have a 1.9, uh, or it might say you have a 3.0. And you know, once again, if you have a system, uh, an athletic system, a grading system at your school that's weighted, and after class those core academic courses are un- unweighted. Uh, and the other the other issue is that you have to you have to complete a certain number of those core classes and lock them in at the end of your junior year. So once those grades are locked in, those cores are locked in, those ten core are locked in. Those uh, you can't change them, so you can't replace those grades with classes you you take uh, 
after the, at the beginning, once the seventh semester of your school starts. So, yeah, you're exactly right. It's really that core based upon uh, the GPA based upon those core classes, including those courses that you need to lock in at, at the end of your junior year. And then once again, that's kind of why, why it's important to sort of be creating a little worksheet. And, and those worksheets are available once again. And then I'll, I'll say it again. I'm a big fan of the free the free guide. It's called the uh, the Guide for the College Bound Student Athlete that you can download for free off the Eligibility Center website. Or I think if you just Google the guide for the uh, college-bound student-athlete. You uh, will be able to find that free PDF, that publication, and you can download that. There's some nice worksheets in there, and it'll it'll give you a nice timeline of things you should be doing from freshman year all the way to se uh, senior year. And, uh, you know, once again, if, if uh, you don't – if you're a student-athlete out there and you feel like you don't necessarily um, – you know, you need some extra help or support with that. I think there's some, you know, some good people to reach out to in any high school that will, you know, help you figure out the process. If, so uh, all those A's you got in my head, Brian, didn't count towards your <laughs> NCA clearinghouse. Uh, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that question? Sorry, Tom. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I said all those A's that you got in Fayed in high school wouldn't have counted towards um, your NCA eligibility. Now, I, I think back when I was in high school, those counted as English classes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> before, before this thing gets off the rails, we're up against a break. Brian, thank you so much for your time this morning. I think the information that, that you gave uh, is, is unbelievably important because as now students start making their way in to whether they're starting high school or making their way through those first couple of years of high school, knowing what's ahead of them and how to maneuver that is ever so important in hopes of trying to get to that next level and to play at the college level, whether it's Division One or Division Three. So thank you so much for your time, and have yourself a very safe and enjoyable Fourth of July weekend. Thank you for having me. Have a good weekend as well. All right. Thanks, That's Brian. That's Brian Hoffman, Director of Guidance at Wauwatosa West High School. As we get to a break on the other side, we're going to talk to Ron Ernst, the head football coach at Ripon College. He'll be joining us next, along with Tom Swiddle. I'm Don Wachillis. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Pella Doors and Windows right here on 1250 AM. The Fan. Once again, happy 4th of July weekend to everyone. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Pella Doors and Windows. I'm Don Wachillis filling in for big-time Mike McGivern, also joined, as always, by the Hall of Fame coach Tom Swiddle. And with that, we jump to the great Midwest Bank hotline and bring in the head coach at Ripon College. It's head coach Ron Ertz. Coach, how are you this morning? Good, uh, good morning, guys. Uh, doing very, very well. Uh, uh, really glad to be with you guys on this weekend. Great to have you on board as well. And, Coach, uh, I, I guess this is probably the most over-asked question in the last few months. <laughs> but going into now this upcoming season, coming out of what we just came out of, does it just feel better to have some degree of normalcy going oh. into this academic year, at least the way things stand right now? 
It really does. Uh, it, it feels great. Uh, it, it, the summer is always a very, very busy time for us during uh, our, our normal season, but last year it was just very, very difficult. Uh, but this summer it feels normal again. And the excitement level uh, that I know myself, my staff, and the kids are feeling right now is just we just cannot wait to get started. And uh, this is uh, really going to be a lot of fun, and we're certainly very, very, very much looking forward to it. Coach, we've kind of caught you at a weird time because we are probably uh, about a month away from the start of of your season, but we're only a a couple months removed from a spring season. What was that like for you, playing a spring season of football? Weird. Very weird. (laughs) It it really weird. I was because I'm going to tell you what, playing – Putting pads on, you know, at Division Three, we were not able to wear pads in the spring, but uh, we had an abbreviated season. We had a uh, – they let us do a couple things because of the whole COVID thing, but it was it was really weird to have practice planning and things like that. We had a lot of kids that missed practice because they were in classes uh, that we could not work around, and uh, – it was just a really different situation. It really was, you know. Uh, and, and so when the season ended, it was like, okay, it's over. But now we're, we're starting to look forward to the fall, and uh, things are starting to get back to normal. But it, it was really odd. It, it, it was just an odd feeling. It's just not something that we were used to doing. I've been playing football since I was, you know, eight years old. And every year since then, the football season was in the fall. It was never in the spring, and so it was just very different. Coach, even though you had that abbreviated season, and as mm-hmm. different as it was, now that we, again, we're using the term normal, heading back to fall football, what has that done as far as your preparation goes, knowing you've got this group of young men who have just got done with the season and now right. really have to amp things up again to get ready for the next in, in, in a relatively short period of time, shorter than what you're used to? Well, we have a small handful of kids that, you know, suffered a few injuries in the spring. And in a normal setting, they would have six, seven months to recover. And uh, our kids don't have that opportunity right now. Uh, we have a number of kids that from just from a physical standpoint needed that time. And uh, we don't have that. So that's on, on the one hand, that's a little concerning uh, that the recovery time uh, is, is not as good as we would like it to have been. But at the same time, on the positive side, uh, we are installing uh, a brand-new offense. Uh, we're, we're putting in a bunch of new things uh, into our system, both offensively and defensively. And the spring really afforded us the opportunity to get the bugs worked out, shall we say, uh, because had we not had that spring, uh, we would have had to gone through those growing pains, shall we say, in the, in the fall. Uh, when it really counts. I mean, we we played in the spring. None of those games counted. They really weren't uh, uh, meaningful towards anything. But uh, it gave us a chance to to really experiment with some things, put some new things in, uh, find out what we liked, find out what we didn't like, uh, make the adjustments over the summer, and then uh, hit the ground running uh, come come August. And you had, not only did you have the spring coach, but you did do things last fall, correct? I mean, that you did correct. have practices. You did were able to have contact and things. 
So, um, you know, some of the college coaches that I've talked to, um, they were kind of happy in a way with the amount of time they were able to spend with their athletes. I mean, everybody wants to play games, but at the same time, they had the opportunity to work with them on a number of things that normally you might not have had time to work with them on. Well, there's no doubt about that. Uh, We did practice in the fall. Now, uh, our conference did not allow us to have any uh, pads at all, uh, or at least we didn't. And uh, so we were just T-shirts and shorts uh, uh, the the entire fall. Uh, We were not even issued helmets. But having had that time, it was very, very productive in the sense that we were able to do a lot of things. We were able to introduce a lot of things, terminology, uh, schemes. Uh, you know, obviously football is a contact sport. You got to be able to hit people, but at the same time, there's a lot of learning that needs to take place. And, uh, uh, we have a very, very good freshman class. We had a good freshman class coming in. It gave us an opportunity to introduce, uh, the offense, the defense, the schemes. And so, uh, those kids will actually really benefit from that come, uh, this fall. And, uh, so it, 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 even though that we weren't able to play football and have games and things like that, it, it was a, a very productive thing. Uh, I want to give credit to uh, our institution uh, because in the Midwest Conference, uh, we were only one of uh, about three schools that were able to do things in the fall and the spring. Uh, some campuses just shut down altogether. And so we, uh, from Rippon's perspective, uh, it was a, a, a very good time to learn uh, from that perspective for our kids. We're talking with Ron Ernst, the head football coach at Rippon College. And, Coach, you, you went through um, just how productive that was in the fall and being able to do what you did in the, uh, the spring session, we'll call it that. But how bittersweet was it for you because of the seniors. I mean, that had to be a tough road knowing that these seniors were really in the midst of their last year playing football and then having to deal with what everybody else was dealing with as well. You know, that was that was probably the hardest thing to deal with was to be able to see our seniors who had put in three really good years, hard work, and to get to that point and not be able to have the kind of year that they deserved was was very very frustrating uh it really was uh but at the same time you know you look back even a little further back uh every sport suffered every sport suffered you know track baseball uh our baseball team last spring was literally loading the bus to get ready to go to Florida for their spring trip when they called everything off and called the season off. So, I mean, you're literally moments away from getting it started. And uh, I just really felt bad for all the seniors of all sports, the the women and the men, uh, through all of last year, not being able to have that season. Uh, you know, I will credit the NCAA. They, they did uh, uh, give those kids that year back if they so choose to do it. Now, right now, we don't have any seniors that are going to take that extra year and come back. They're all going to graduate, uh, move on into grad school or get jobs, which I can certainly respect. But, uh, you know, I know some kids are. But uh, it's just, I guess that's the great thing about athletics sometimes. It uh, teaches you that sometimes life isn't always fair and you got to 
deal with uh, what's in front of you. And it's not so much, you know, what happens, it's how you deal with it. And uh, these kids have gone through a really rough period and a rough thing, but I think it'll make them stronger people in the long run. I agree with you 100%, Coach. Don, are we, again, I'm sorry to keep asking, are we getting close to a, a break here? I don't want to. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, Tom. Why don't you ask one more, and then after that, we'll we'll step aside and take a quick break. Well, one of the things that I'd like to do, Don, is we haven't given Coach Ernst his due here. I mean, we're talking <laughs> to somebody who's going to be in his 31st year at at Ripon this fall, 31st year of coaching. Coach, wow, is all I can say to that. <laughs> and you know, we are also talking to a man who is the winningest coach, not only at Ripon College, but uh, in Midwest Conference history, uh, Coach is a Hall of Fame member for both the WFCA and Ripon College. And you know, you, you're you're the dean of, of of coaches, obviously in the Midwest Conference. Uh, how does that feel to be the guy that that's been around longer than anybody else and can actually give history lessons to the other coaches in the league? <laughs> well. I tell you what, it it, it has its uh, it has its moments. It's it's nice to be able to uh, work with so many uh, great coaches in our in our conference. Uh, we have some great guys, we really do. And uh, uh, from a, I'll be honest with you, Tom. I, you know, I hear that 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 phrase thirty years or thirty one years or whatnot, and it just doesn't feel that way. It really doesn't. Well, I mean, good for you. <laughs> I, it, it it feels like I can just uh, just keep going. I mean, I I mean, I'm as, I'm as excited to get this season started as I was back in 1991 with uh, with our very first season. Uh, it, it it's this is such a great sport and a, a great profession, and uh, it's just a great situation that I'm in uh, here at Ripon College. It really is, and uh, it it. Uh, it's it's fun to see the new coaches come in. I'm sad to see some of the coaches leave uh, for various different reasons uh, because they're all good men. But uh, uh, it, it's uh, it's fun. It's enjoyable, and uh, it, uh, it it keeps me young and uh, keeps me going. Uh, uh, except when I have to get up in the morning and mow the yard like I did this morning, and <laughs> then I start to feel like yeah. I've been here a few years and stuff like that. But uh, no, it's uh, it, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a great run. Uh, I'm going to keep going and, until I feel like I can't contribute anymore to our kids and our program. And uh, it's uh, it's just been a really good situation and a fun ride. It really has. All right, we're pushed up against the break, but on the other side of the break, we'll keep our conversation going here with head coach Ron Ertz from Ripon College, and we'll do so right after this. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches. Association show presented by Pella Doors and Windows right here on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back. It's the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Joined, as always, by the Hall of Fame coach, Tom Swiddle. I'm Don Wachilla sitting in for big-time Mike McGivern. And on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, we continue to be joined by Ron Ernst, the head football coach at Ripon College. Coach, 
to start things off this segment, I want to go back to what we were talking about last segment, and that was the fact that you do not have any seniors who are going to return, even given that extra year of eligibility. And as you said in your response, I mean, it's it's a bit of a different situation when you've got people in essence paying for school as opposed to scholarship athletes and they're getting ready to move on to their chosen profession or whether or not it's grad school. Could you share in generalities though, what those conversations were like when the guys knocked on the door and said, eh, coach, I, I think I'm ready to move on. It was hard. It really was hard for the kids. Uh, I'll be honest with you. There were some tears involved, uh, because the seniors that we had last year uh, were just really, really high-quality young men, and they were passionate about ripping college football. They wanted to stay. They, their, their hearts, they loved the game of football. They were not ready to give up football. They just weren't. But like I said earlier, and as you mentioned, these were kids that are paying for school. Uh, their families are helping them pay. And they did not come to Ripon College to have the next step of their life be the NFL. Uh, the next, you know, we, we, we worked really hard with these young men. They did a great job in the classroom. Uh, these are kids that are going to get jobs. They're going to go on into grad school and go on and do great, great things. And uh, Ripon College has really prepared them for that. And when you go into college, you think, okay, I'm going to play football for four years uh i've set up all my classes to be done in four years that's what we do here is we get our kids done in four that they were at that point they were at the point where they were going to graduate and it's time for them to move on and uh they just didn't see their final year being it wasn't going to look like that they they didn't they didn't think it was going to be they weren't going to be able to play football uh, the education part of things was very, very well formed. These are very highly intelligent, uh, disciplined young men, and uh, but they wanted to play football, and that's a big part of who they are uh, as football players, as Division three athletes. And so there were some tears involved. There was, you know, I, I asked them, please give me a decision with what you think by a certain date, and I'll tell you what. Literally everyone waited till the last day at the last minute at the last moment because oh, they were yeah. really thinking hard about what they wanted to do or what they had to do. And uh, I told them I, I, I loved them. I respected their decision. I'm going to do everything I can to help them get to where they need to be or want to be in life. That's what we're here to do. And uh, But it was just hard. But uh, there were some tears and some real apprehension. Uh, on their part is, is making that decision, but it's one of those life decisions you got to make. It's a hard one, part of growing up, and uh, I think they made the right decision for them. Well, and I, I coach, I'm sure with your guidance and the fact that they were able to talk to you the way they did, it was because of the relationship you have with them, and and uh, you know, thank you for giving them the courage to, to make that kind of decision. Hey, let's talk a little bit about your your program. Um, you know, I've, I've gone on the website. I know some of your assistant coaches, and you have a nice blend of veteran guys, guys that have been with you for a while, and, and younger guys. Talk a little bit about your coaching staff. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a statement here. That, uh, is, I, I think every head coach feels this way, but doggone it, I've, I think I've got the best staff in the country. I really do. These are really 
good men. Uh, you're right. I've got some guys that have been with me uh, over 15, 20 years. Uh, Dan Luke, Rick Coles, uh, Mike Schmidt. Uh, guys like this that have been with me 15, 20, 22, 23 years. And I got a nice mix of young coaches, guys that I recruited out of high school uh, that played for me here. Uh, Jake Marshall, John Petkoff, uh, and some guys in, from the local area that were are very were great high school coaches. Uh, you know, Mark uh, Madigan, you know, uh, guys like that are just really, really talented guys, Mike Yoder, uh, all these guys are, are passionate about coaching football. They love what they're doing. We all work very, very well together, and uh, that's what makes it fun is that these guys are, are really bought into our program, uh, into what we're trying to teach our, our young guys and, uh, and how we prepare them, and uh, I couldn't be luckier. I really could. I just could not be luckier to have these guys and, and and beyond being just good men, these these are really good coaches, man. Uh, the amount of experience that these guys bring to the table is unbelievable. So uh, uh, I'm very fortunate. You know, I I've oftentimes said this in in jest and, and but yet a little serious. I, uh, I I oftentimes consider myself the smartest guy in the room uh, because I hire people a heck of a lot smarter than I am. So that <laughs> you know, I feel very I feel feel very fortunate that I've got these guys. Uh, uh, on staff, there's no doubt about it. Coach, yeah, we're I headed towards. Uh, I'm sorry, Coach, but we're headed towards the top of the hour. We got to take a break. Okay. We were lucky to have you on today. Thank you so much for your time. Have yourself a safe and enjoyable Fourth of July weekend, and good luck with the upcoming season. Guys, thanks for having me. I sure appreciate it. You guys have a safe and wonderful Fourth of July, also. That's, Thank you, Coach. That's Ron Ertz, the head football coach at Ripon College, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. As we said, we're at the top of the hour. We'll take a break. And on the other side of the break, we're going to talk with Jerry Gombieski, the WFCA fundraising chairman, and talk about that relationship with the upcoming All-Star Game. We'll get to it all next. It's the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, right here on 1250 AM, The Fan. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.